All right, my man, Eddie House, welcome to In The Zone, man. What's happening? What's happening? It's great Glad to, have to be you here. here. I've been enjoying being on all the shows with you. You definitely do a great job. But I want to talk to you about your career. Um, you had a nice NBA career, 11 years, nine teams. That's different than a lot of players. Um, and won a championship, of course, in 2008 with the Boston Celtics. Now, first of all, at Arizona State, you were Pac-10, Pac-12 Player of the Year yeah, as it was, a senior. Yeah, it was Pac-10 at the time, but it, yeah. It, okay, Player but, of the Year. Yeah, exactly. 23 points a game. So when you came into the NBA, were you thinking you were going to be a star, or what were your thoughts? Well, I think we all think that we're going to be a star. Okay. Um, but getting there, going to Miami in the second round, 37, realistically, I understood that it was going to be an uphill battle for me. This is a veteran team. You uh, felt just to even make the team. Well, no, I, I felt that I was going to make the okay. team. I never was. I never doubted myself on that. And the way I, the conversations I had with Pat okay. and Stan Van Gundy at the time, it, I felt very comfortable and confident in in that. I didn't feel I signed a two year deal coming out, okay. so I don't think they was going to give me a two year deal and cut me. Um, I was their first pick. They didn't yeah. have a first oh, round okay. pick, so okay. I was their first pick. And um, of course, you have those those thoughts, but. It, but then when you get there, reality sinks in. Like, this team is a veteran team, uh, a veteran coach, and he doesn't really play rookies like that. <laughs> and surprisingly, I got 50 games in. I played 50 games that year. I, I want to say in the playoffs, I averaged 16. Okay. So I had an opportunity against Charlotte, and we ended up getting swept. Yeah. But the, the time I was out there, I was productive. Um, it was just, uh, I, I think at that time, I was kind of getting put into a box. You know, I wasn't able to just – I feel like at, at times I wasn't able to just broaden my game uh, okay. because they didn't – not that they didn't give me an opportunity. I just think that they seen that I did this really good, this one thing really good, and say, hey, look, we're going to stick you over here and okay. do that. And also I could say I, I didn't spend a lot of time there in the summers. I would come back, and I think that also kind of hurt me a little bit as well. They looked at it. Yeah, yeah, not okay. knowing that I was out here working, but yeah. they would much rather have you there working. You know Do I mean? you feel like maybe under some different circumstances your career would have went differently? I'm not even going to look back. I think I had a fantastic career. I played with a number of Hall of Fame players, a bunch of great coaches, some bad coaches. Mm -hmm. So I got to see both ends of the spectrum and, you know, capped it off in 2008, winning the championship on my way out, almost won a championship, you know, lost. So I played on some really good teams. I only missed the playoffs, what, uh, three times, I want to say? Yeah. Second year, third year. That was it. That might be it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a blessing. Yeah, to, to play in those big moments because yeah. that's really what you want. Um, we were talking yesterday, off camera about like you're all. I mean, you played with some tremendous players. Yes, and I think it'd be a challenge to find another player that played with a cast as great as as you have. Right. So we're going over your first two. I guess the all Eddie House teams. Right. Like like <laughs> of your teammates, give me your first team. All Eddie House team. I'm going point guard Jason Kidd, two guard Tracy McGrady. At the three over D Wade. Over D Wade. Okay. I mean the the size, the length. Just okay. think about that. And you know I got Jay Kidd to facilitate to these guys. Uh, LeBron at the three, C Webb at the four, and I'm going KG at the five. 
That's a nice squad. That's a hell of a squad. <laughs> How many championships did they win? Not one, not yeah. two, not three. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Now your second team though would give them a good game. Yeah, we'll give them a good ta- a good game. I got. I'm gonna go with Steve Nash. Vince at the two. Over again over D Wade. Yeah. Paul at the three. Chris Bosch at the four. Zoe at the five. That'd be a good game. That'd be a good game. That'd be a good game. They would win not one, not two. They would win three. maybe <laughs> three, maybe three and four, right? It de- now, I don't know against that first team though. Yeah, that's gonna be, be that's gonna be a hell of a game. I, I'm even gonna ask you for your third team because okay. that this shows how many great players. you Okay, on the play. third team, I could go Rondo or Tim Hardaway, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the champ. Okay. Even though Tim, I mean, yeah. come on. Tim he, was probably. I mean, he obviously had better numbers. Right. Individually, maybe he was better. Obviously, Rondo won. But I'm going to put Rondo because I'm going to have these guys Rondo could throw to. So I got Doe at the one. I get Ray at the two. D-Wade at the three. Elton Brand at the four. Rasheed Wallace at the five. That's a good team. (laughs) (laughs) Man. The all Eddie House team, like like I said, I think it'd be a challenge to find another player. That's three of them. That's I, I three might could pull one. Teams. I might could pull one. I'm not sure if I could another pull one. one. I might could pull one more out of there. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think deep. Well, even if it's not a full team, who are okay? Some of the guys so let's go. Let's go. Tim Hardaway. Oh, Thunder Dan Marley. I could throw Thunder Dan in there, he and it's and it, yeah, and it's prime. He was yep. he was out there pretty Got raw. The finals. So yep. we'll go Thunder Dan. Um, Scan all these teams. Well, in Phoenix, oh, I have who Steve else Smith. Was Steve Smith. Where Steve. were you with him at? In Charlotte for a hot second. Okay. And then I'll go Marion and Amari. I was going to say. Marion and Amari. Yeah, if was with Nash. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah, that's, that's, that's straight. That's straight. That's 14. Right <laughs> all right. I assume, correct me if I'm wrong, I assume you feel like the best player you play with is LeBron, or is that? Oh, yeah. Mo- most talent. As far as the most talented player, I have a story about in the morning, right? We, we're getting from shoot-around. Then we were, we're at shoot-around, and we had just played the night before. We're going to watch film. So it's 9 in the morning. I mean, everybody's like, yeah, I might have just came from the club. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this, like sitting there watching. Right? Everybody's like dragging. And LeBron literally walks into the room. Picks up a ball. I mean, it's 9 in the morning. Picks up a ball, takes two real, boom, boom, bow, and then comes sit down. I look... I said, it's, he is really a f***ing <laughs> alien. You know what I'm saying? For real, he's an alien. Like, that's crazy. It's too early. Can I get a little bit of that? Get the rubbing on his Rub ass. Off, you know right? what I'm saying? <laughs> well, well who, who was, um, would you say, is the best coach you ever played for? Well, I, I have a couple for two different reasons. Um, I, Doc is the best coach that I played with. He was so good coming out of timeouts. Like, we were at like a 90% clip coming out of timeouts, wow. what he would draw up. And, okay. and it was it was crazy because at the time, I, I really didn't pay attention to it until they showed that graphic one, one of them years. And then I started paying attention to how he starts games. So every game I'll go to him, what you got this game? And I would see what his mind was thinking. A lot of times he would try to get Kendrick involved early just so to get him a calling, touch. Does he have plays – Set for you guys, like, the first few trips down? No, no, it's not, like, scripted. No, yeah, it's just, okay. like, the first play of the game, okay? okay. It's the first play we're going to run. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? So w- while they're announcing everybody, I'll go sit next to him, like, yo, what you got today? He'd be like, uh, I'm going to go with this right here. <laughs> That's right? a pretty good you know, impression, So too. then he gives me 
So then he, he shows me, and I'm, I'm like, why are you doing that? He'll explain to me why. But I already knew I just wanted to make sure I was on the right page mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the thing that he did. He trusted us as point guards. He let us call the plays. He didn't. He didn't call it. He'll call a play. I'd be like, no, I, I see something different. He'd be like, okay, go ahead. Okay. He'll let you run the plays and kind of like a quarterback. And you, you love that 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 leash and that rope that you, and that trust that your coach is giving you because you do your homework just like he's doing yeah. his homework. And I'm out on the court and I feel different things. I'm seeing it different from what you're looking at. You know what I mean? And I, I'm trying to get him off right now. I could, I could sense that we might. He letting go of the rope. Let me get a play for okay. him real quick. He ain't touched it in a few. No, let me get this. I got this, Doc. Let me get him off. You know yep, what I mean? So yep. that's why I, I love what he did. And he had a post of the locker room as well. Um, you had games where, or at times stretches in the season where you're extremely tired, right? Like, and everybody knows it, but we're still coming to work. We're professionals. We're gonna mm -hmm. get through it. But he sensed it. And he's like, hey, you know what, guys? We'll just watch some film and then go get shots up and go home. Okay. Or get your okay. treatment. Where I have another coach that, for different reasons, I, I, I love him as well, and that was Pat Riley. And the, the reason is he taught me how to be a professional. You know, I was a young kid coming in Miami. You know, I'm running around like a chicken my head cut off. He pulled me to the side and said, hey, man, what do you want to do? Do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Now, now, when you say this or that. Do you want to be running out there, clubbing and doing all this, you know, and not taking care of your profession and not being professional? Yeah. Do you want to be known as that or do you be, or do you want to be known as a guy that really wants to play basketball? What do you want to be known? Like little things like that and like the, the nuances of the game and little small little details of every single detail paying attention to. Uh, you know, your film session, how to watch mm -hmm. film, your, your film studies to your – scouting report to how you're going to prepare and shoot around, like everything being detailed. I learned that part from him. And and I think that's why, you know, I, I kind of love them for two different reasons. You know, Pat didn't have a sense of the locker room like that. Right. Pat will run you okay. in the ground. Well, that's what I, I heard players have said, Ooh. like with him, you're in the best shape of your life. What was – is that the case with you? And what is a typical Pat Riley practice like? Well, it depends if you was winning or losing. <laughs> okay, because uh, if you're winning, your teams take care of business, it's going to be a hard practice. Like my, my rookie season, we won, 50, we won 50 games, 50 and 32. Um, I played in 50 of them. But you are going to be in shape. You're going to be the most – you're going to be in shape, most disciplined, most unselfish team so during around. That's his season, saying. He's running y'all on off days. Like, is that oh, or not is, on it, off or is days. it mainly training camp where you no, get you in No, training shape? camp's crazy. But, no, you, you maintain. Like he said on the thing, we maintain our players. You, yeah. you maintain. You have days where you get on that bike and they're monitoring you and you on the bike, you do your bike workout, then you get out there and practice. Okay. I mean, but I'll give you a story. This is how it is. When we were winning it, the practices were cool. But then that third year, I actually missed playoffs uh, three years. Second year in Miami, third year in Miami, and the year with the Clippers. That was okay. it. So that last year, my third year in in Miami, he said he always would come out where he has a blue card, pulls a little blue card out, folded, looks at his game plan. So he lines you up on the wall, right? So he comes over, and we're all sitting on the wall, and he talks to you, and he's talking about a bunch of things, and he says, hey, guys, and this is right after All-Star break. He said, we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And y'all were that early? Yeah, oh, man, we were wow. terrible. I think we won like 11 games, something like that. He was like, <laughs> he was like we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I have an owner that I have to answer to, just like you have a coach you have to answer to. From this point forward, we are going to work, 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 
work, work, work, work, work, and earn our money. And if you have a problem with it, my door is wide open, and I'll get your ass out of here. <laughs> and from that point on, we ran three-hour practices every single day. And it will start off with three-man weave up and down, counted as one, right? Up and back, counted as oh, one. Okay. You would go okay. two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, ten, eight, six, four, two. That's the beginning of practice. And end with that. Every day. So he was serious when you're going to earn your money. (laughs) Hey, you didn't want to do anything after practice, I swear. He was like, oh, my God, go home and eat something and just lay down. It must have been that much harder knowing you're not going to the playoffs either. Well, I mean – yeah, it's bad. I'm, I'm telling the vets, I'm like, hold up, time. I'm young. Like, when y'all going to say something to this? Yeah, but well, yeah, he running yeah, us yeah. in the ground. Like, like what is y'all, when y'all going to step up? Nobody, I mean, that's the respect that Riles has, though, that when nobody really wanted to challenge, wow. you know, because when you do challenge, I have another story about him. So oh, when yeah. you do challenge him, right, we're, we're in Vancouver. This is my rookie season. And uh, we were losing to Vancouver, and <laughs> Pat comes in. He tears up the locker room. I mean, TVs, garbage cans, boom, boom, everything, right? We come back and win, like whoop them. So we on the bus, and then uh, Tim is in the back, was like, I'm tired of all that negative shit, right? And so Mace. <laughs> he, he said to Pat. No, he said to us in the back of the bus. Okay. So, so Mace's like, yo, ass ain't going to say nothing, right? So we like. <laughs> Yeah, watch me. I'm going to say something tomorrow. Watch, watch. Okay, so everybody's like, ooh, okay, we about to do stuff. <laughs> so next day come, we're practicing. I want to say it might be Santa Monica uh, Community College we were practicing at, and we were going to get ready to play the Lakers. So we come in, and Pat does his little thing where he sits us down, he talks to us, and then, he, okay, guys, let's bring it in. Tim's like, ho, ho, I got something to say. <laughs> so he's like, okay, Tim, go ahead. <laughs> He said, I think you just too negative all the time. You know, you don't got to be so negative. We came back and won. We know what we're going to do. You don't have to do it like that. And the whole time he's saying that, Pat is walking back and forth. He used to wear these Nike Cortez, right, yeah, the yeah, black ones. Yeah. And he's the same outfit all the time. So he's walking back and forth, shaking his head. Mm, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> and then Tim was done, and he was like, yeah, okay. That's probably the biggest bull I ever heard in my life. <laughs> You see, that's the problem. You're either in, and I swear he jumped probably eight feet sideways. Like, he's like, you in, boom, jumped, bam, or you out. That's it. You know, no, no, you know, you're just mad because I took your raggedy ass out the game. Right there, everybody's like, we all I know like, dudes want to crack oh, up. Oh, man, I'm sweating over there. Like, me and Brian Grant next to each other, I'm tapping Brian. I'm like, can you believe it? So that's the type of. That's Pat right there, man, in a nutshell. And that if you're winning, it, it's, it's you love it, it's winning and misery. That's how he breaks yeah, it down. Yeah. It's winning and misery. And ultimate competitor, but, I mean, just a million stories. I got another one. You want me to give you yeah, another man, one? Keep him I got another I, one. I, I want to ask you a question quick. How did Tim respond? Tim responded with, you know, just, <laughs> no, at, at that point, oh, it was over. It he off. got killed. He got <laughs> killed. He <laughs> just got, no, that what he said was, I ain't raggedy. That's what he said. And that's when everybody went crazy, though. That's when we lost it, though. It's like that motherfucker where he ain't raggedy. You know what did, I mean? Did Riley even laugh at that? No, Riles didn't. No, Riles was dead serious. Wow. He was dead serious. I got another one. This is how Riles would do, though. So Ricky Davis, my rookie season, he breaks his foot. We had Seton Hall practicing. Okay. And he, he breaks his foot. Blah! In practice? Yeah, we're doing line drills. He pops his foot. Boom. Wow. So, um... Uh, the whole time he's supposed to be coming for treatment. 
right? He's not showing up to practice. He's not showing up before the games. He's just staying at home, right? And every day he's getting fined. He has no idea. Every single he day, has no idea. getting fined, fined every single day. I mean, he probably, I don't know how long he missed, right? So finally, after a game, I, well, where were we coming from? We we're coming from Minnesota. So after a game, we're coming from where? Was it Minnesota? It might have been Minnesota or Texas. One of those. I know they're two different places, but they're, all these games run together, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming from a road game, and as we're going, he's like, hey guys, um, we're going to take a little detour. We was like, oh, okay. He was like, we land. We don't know where we're going. So we get off. We're on the bus. We're in Atlantic City, right? So when we get off the bus, Ron Cope was the trainer. He's sitting there with an envelope. Here, guys, compliments of Ricky Davis. Everybody on the team got like $1,000 compliment of Ricky Davis. <laughs> Just that was to like, go gamble. Yeah, we had like a day off in between wow. so we went there and that that's one another another story right there <laughs> was ricky there at that point no had no idea so he still didn't know how he much didn't know he until did. until we uh we got wow. back we was like man we was just in atlanta city on you man you should have seen the big suites we were staying in we all had big suites thousand dollars to go gamble that was lie that was lie i was like thank you man shout out to ricky davis for that night <laughs> now one thing i've always heard about about pat riley was his intent, his speeches, like that he gives the greatest, whether it's pregame, maybe halftime speeches or whatever. What talk to me about that? Oh, they were best. Phenom- as, yeah, as you've heard. yeah. Okay. Best. Had you want to run through the wall head first? Did he do one every game? It depend. He give you something every game, but it depended on the type of game, how good it was gonna be. You know, like how in depth, how yeah. he'll. One time they said I wasn't there for this, but they everybody told me the vet said it was after a game they came back against Detroit, right? You know the ice ba- ice bucket people put their feet in. Yeah. They said he went and dunked his head in it. In the ice bucket. In the ice bucket, but he just kept it there <laughs> to the last second, <laughs> and everybody goes crazy because they had came back and beat Detroit. Yeah, so yeah. that's what he, he was did saying. that after the game. Yeah, after the game. Wow. Yeah. So it's wow. like. That's the type of stuff he does, man. And he is a super motivator, man. That's one thing he could do. He can motivate you. Like I said, you get ready to run through a wall for him. I felt like the championship, I know you weren't on this team, but in 06, where Stan Van Gundy was a good coach, but I don't think they would have won that championship. They beat Dallas with D-Wade and Shaq if Riley hadn't taken over. Because I didn't think they were a great team necessarily, but I thought Riley just got everything out of them. Yeah, and with his motivation, he did. And what's funny is that he called me that summer. I, it was between Phoenix and Miami. The summer before, that sum, yeah, right before that okay. summer, before the championship. He 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 was like, um, I I've seen your you you've matured so much. I want you on this team. I'm like, man, I'm thinking about going to Phoenix. He's like, man, he said that'll be the biggest mistake you'll ever make. And they went to the finals. And I always I thought about that like. <laughs> he told me this. I could have been, but you know everything worked out because I ended up getting mines anyway. But still, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if if Stan, and that's not a a, a shot at Stan at all. I'm not sure if he would have been able to get the response out yeah, of those Pat guys the way that Pat, because it's the respect that that Pat has from everybody. You know, just been in the game for so long, been around mm-hmm. the game forever. You know, when you think about Pat Riley, the first thing you think about is NBA. You think about the the Lakers team he played on. You think about the Lakers teams he coached, you know, and then doing the job in Miami, those uh, battles against New York, you know, things like that, things of that nature. So, um, And he got on superstars as much as regular role players, right? Oh, yeah. Well, 
for the most part, he did. Uh, but he would definitely get on the role players a little harder. Okay. You know, uh, and that was just like trying to pull maximize what they have. You know, and it's different ways. He had a different approach than some of the other coaches. He had more in your face, old school, hard. This is how we're going to do it. To where some some other coaches had a little bit more finesse to their game. Yeah. Because you don't have to get at everybody the same way. Some people don't respond that way. But um, you know, it, I, again, I don't think that Van Gundy would have been able to pull that that much. Yeah. Like he did something where, because I, I I was covering that closely that finals team. And they had a trunk where everybody put a bunch of family pictures in right. it, all 15 guys. Right. And at the end of the championship, they opened it up. I don't even know if the players knew what was in the trunk. No, he put some, he put a he had a trunk. No, they didn't know what was in there. And it was it was uh, like little cards, I think, of each individual player and the the championship trophy. I yeah, think that's okay. what it was. Okay. And then he had the one suit thing, too. Remember he, when they yeah, went to yeah, the days? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I brought one suit. Yeah. You know, that's one of his pregame speeches. Get them going, too. Like, yeah. regardless, okay, they lose, you still got some extra games. But I brought one suit. You know what I mean? That's um, – yeah, those are some great Pat Riley stories. Um, one of the things that's kind of an ongoing debate with a lot of people is, you mm. know, guys like yourself, a Derek Fisher, guys that won championships – and then guys like a Steve Nash or an Allen Iverson who didn't win championships but obviously had these great Hall of Fame individual careers. Would you rather have the career where you're a role player but you win a championship or, or maybe more or an Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, Charles Barkley, you know, great individual career, Hall of Famer, all-time great. But no championship. Well, their bankroll a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I've always no- said I would go with the the individual. On players. that note, because yeah. the bankroll gonna be bigger. But no, really, it is a job. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, it is yeah. a job. You know, you gotta pay for your services. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think me ultimately winning is is like everything, and and I I've adapted that same mindset that Pat Riley says: winning and then his misery. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, if you ain't winning, I mean, it's, I, I don't care what we're doing. If I'm playing Madden, I'm trying to win. If I'm pitching quarters and trying to get it close to the wall, I'm trying to win. You know, whatever it is, if whatever it is I'm doing, I'm trying to win at that. You know, yep. I'm competing. Yep. I got a story for you for that. Just how hard I. My girl was like, "Hey, we're going to uh, date night. Okay, cool. What are we doing? We could go paint, wine, and paint." <laughs> The whole time I'm complaining on the way up there. I'm like, I can't believe this. this is what I'm going to. I don't, I'm not a painter, okay? <laughs> so we get up there, and as we're going, you know, I'm still complaining. And then the guy says, hey, the couple that has the best pitcher wins a prize. Oh, I locked in. I locked in. <laughs> so I said, no, come on, man, I'm on point now. And we end up actually winning it, though. You wow, know what I'm saying? And wow. we, we got a picture from the uh, thing. It, it's a, It was like a heart. And like ocean water, so mine's was like the messy. I got a picture of it here. Mine's kind of messy, but I called <laughs> it the the storm, and hers was nice and smooth. So the name of the picture was the calm and the storm. So, okay, you know, and we that end up comes winning. from Riley. That that yeah, no matter what it is, you know, yeah. I was, no, I, it comes from me, but it's uh, winning and then misery. But yeah, it's just yeah. you know, it's it's anything that I could compete in. So uh, winning a championship and and stacking them up as a role player probably it feels a lot better than. Going through what they did, but at the at the end, that bankroll looked better though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's it. very true. That's the only true. thing. <laughs> um, your championship, two thousand eight, uh, with the Big Three, their first year, um, and you were with the Big Three in Miami, LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosh, in their first year. 
didn't win the championship, obviously. Why do you think the group in Boston was able to come together and put it together right away and win a championship, whereas the Miami one and other big threes we've seen haven't been able to? Well, I think every the, the big three we had, they all played different positions, and they meshed perfectly. Uh, KG on the block, passing, and especially mm-hmm. in Doc's system, a passing big who can score on the block but also could pass out of it. Paul, who could ISO, catch the ball at the elbow, catch the ball up top. We, the what the plays we had were perfect for Paul. Then our screen and roll plays were perfect for KG to screen and roll or pick and pop. And then our pin down plays was perfect for Ray. So we had every a set for each one of them, okay. and we could run different stuff and different combinations off of it. It's not like how when we in Miami is D Wade and LeBron, kind of two similar type players. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. Um, Ray's totally different from Paul. Paul's totally different from KG. And then I, I think with Rondo being the facilitator, K, uh, Perk just wanted to be down there rebounding, learning as much as he can. But I also think that the bench played a big role as well because you had Posey coming in with his experience, mm-hmm. championship pedigree, mm-hmm. and he was a stretch four at times or could run the three, guard, Le, uh, guard LeBron, you know, foul him up a little bit, give yeah. Paul some time. Uh, myself come in, I could knock down shots and things like that. Leon Poe, you know, coming in, giving us big-time minutes, yeah. especially in the in the finals. I want to say game two of the finals. He came in and had a big-time mm-hmm. impact on the game. Um, I think that's the reason why is, is that we had, like, the guys fit together. They weren't the same type of players. They were all stars at different positions. Okay, okay. Who we assume KG was the leader of that team. Is that the case? Or well, talk about P, that. P was the captain. He was okay. captain, but definitely the vocal leader, the defensive leader, and uh, the lead by example was KG. Uh, man, work ethic second to none. Really, hardest working superstar I've ever been around. Really? Yeah. He. You would think that he was trying to. He was on a ten day trying wow. to stay there. He'd be there early in the morning. He'd be there late in the weight room, working on his game. And, he, and then he wasn't a selfish guy that worked on his game and left. If there was somebody around, he'd come talk to the guys and say, hey, man, this is how you need to do it. Watch mm. watch my feet when I do this. Or look, come over the top, and if he playing you like this, you know, he get in his stuff real quick. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> you know how thick it is, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But a real good dude. So he was like our vocal leader. And basically, that's why we didn't go back to back when he got hurt in Utah. That's the only reason why. Because it, it, I know for a fact, if he does not get hurt, we run it through Orlando and we run it through the Lakers again. Mm. Does that eat at you? Because I, I definitely feel like y'all should have got more than one championship. You know, does that eat at you that you feel like y'all might have left titles what, on the what what <laughs> on the what table? eats at me more than that is I got traded the year after that. Yeah, and, uh, deadline. But uh, first class organization, Boston all the way, but. Um, yeah, that's what the thing that ate at me. And I mean, I cried like a baby after that, um, after we lost to Orlando, because I just felt like I felt like we weren't going to be that that team. It was going to be mm-hmm. some changes made, and uh, you know, I was part of that change. It was kind of kind of crazy, but um, you know, that's part of the business. You you have any stories that kind of illustrate KG KG's whether it's le- his leadership or just his intensity? Because I heard his intensity was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Too. So <clears throat> one time we're on the bench and. You know how the, the timeout goes, the coaches walk out time out, kind of by the free throw line yep. and stuff, they're talking. So we're all sitting on the bench, uh, Smee, Rondo, Ray, Paul, and KG. And uh, oh, Ray might not have been in. I might have been in for Ray. So we're sitting on the bench, and Rondo hits some water, right? And he, <coughs> he starts, <coughs> and KG, this is how intense he is. He's like, choke, 
choke, damn it, choke. Like <laughs> so I'm like, is he serious? But he was dead serious. And but it was like it was intense, but at the same time it was comedy. Yeah. Is what yeah, we yeah, so yeah. Doc comes back, we don't get a play in or nothing, man. It's it's just oh, we're all cracking up laughing like he just wanted his ass to choke on the water some more, coach. So we just went out there, but but no, it, it, it's just he, he's fun at times, but he's super. He is intense. I mean, it, it's hard to what you see on the court is what you get, though. That's how he is. Mm-hmm. But off the court, just a real good dude, chill, family oriented, and uh, no, he's just best teammate as far as like being the cream of the crop, superstar of the superstars, as far as working hard and being a leader. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Rondo, you mentioned him. Um. All types of stories about him butting heads with coaches, even Doc. What was that dynamic like? Because you you said Doc would let Rondo kind of do his thing on the court, which it surprised me because I thought that was kind of why they butted heads, that Doc was, you know, wanting to call stuff and Rondo would want to run his own stuff. Um, They butted head a few times in practice, and it was was mainly just egos. Okay. You know, Doc got an ego, Rondo got an ego. And that's what it was. So they bumped heads with there, but it was. So is that Doc trying to run, wanting to run something, or just correcting it Rondo? Was, or? It was. It was a, a, I think, a combination of both, at the at the time, you know. So it was de- depending on the situation because it happened more than once. But it was all good, yeah. in good competitive spirit. You know what I mean? Not to the point to where it's like they middle fingering each other yeah. and want to fight. No, it's yeah, they get in each other's face, but they're both competitors. Um, and I think so he, Rondo gets a bad rap because he's the most one of the most prepared guys. He watches film. He wants to be a coach one day, okay. I believe. And he watches film all night after games. All night. I've sat there with him. And so we he'll break watch down, that night's game. Yeah, we'll break down film and then watch the next thing and try to find what wow. he can get. I mean, he's super prepared. prepared if, and if you watch that series against Boston, you could see him calling out stuff before it even happened, calling the switch and then play, baiting the one dude. He's acting like he knows this play. He knows that this dude's about to pop off. He's acting like he's hugging, then he goes gets the steal. It's like little mm-hmm. things like that. He's so far ahead of the game because he pays attention to what's going on. I think that sometimes threatens coaches because he's more prepared than them sometimes. <laughs> and you're like, hold up, man. No, I think I know what I'm talking about. Ronald, like, no, nah, man, I've watched this over and over. Wow. And see, I think that's where Doc would give him leeway because Doc understood, like, no, okay, he is on on point with his stuff. Wow, that's that's interesting. Um, all right, the other big three, the Miami big three, LeBron, Wade, Bosh. How different was that, particularly the first year? You know, was there – did it feel similar to the big three in Boston or was it completely different? No, it was completely different. The, the big three in Boston, we, we knew we was going to win a championship. We felt the same way in Miami, but it was like – Everybody hated us except yeah, the Miami yeah. fans. And I think that kind of aided LeBron because he's not a, a bad dude. He likes to have fun. He likes to smile out there. But I think that just, that, that thing just aided him, you know, the way people talked about him and made it look like he was selfish. Knowing, but he also gave that money to charity. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, from, from the decision show. Yeah, from show, the decision yep. show. So it wasn't like a selfish move. It was a move to help other people. Yeah, you could look at it and say, well, he could have did it another way. Well, how can you tell somebody how they're supposed to do something that they want to do at the end yeah. of the day? That's why we live in America, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, everybody has to pay. We, we were, hey, we called ourselves the Heatles at the time because everywhere we went. I mean, it was like how they used to say, you know, when Jordan and Pippen and the Bulls would mm-hmm. come to town, like, it'd be so many people. Like, it really was like that. Like, that was the only team I ever at played on. At the hotel? At or? the hotel. Anytime our bus pulled up anywhere, it was – 
it was just thick everywhere. Really? Yeah. Now, were they, I assume these people wanted autographs yeah. and fans. They yeah. wasn't, like, ripping y'all. No, no, they wanted okay. autographs. Yeah, they wanted autographs. So it was like was a fans. circus. Yeah, it was like a certain Hotel lobbies was thick and stuff like that. So it was just like, that's the first time I seen that. You know, you heard them stories, and I'm like, I've never seen this in the league. What are they talking about? And then that year, it was like that. So it was wow. kind of crazy. With um, Was there more pressure? Did y'all feel more pressure? I mean, y'all, you know, LeBron had said not one, not two, not three. And then just the fact that he was so great and Wade and Bosh, was there more pressure to win it that year than, than y'all felt in Boston? Um, no, because we felt we, – we demanded we were going to win it in Boston, and I think we were doing the same thing. I think that's what he was setting up. I just think um, it was too – the team relied too much on the big three. You know what I mean? Everything was always funneled through. No, nobody else. You, and when you win a championship, it's going to have to be other players. Yeah, the big up. three are going to be a big part of it, obviously. But you got to have the role players step up, too. Just like when they wanted the next year, Ray yeah. Allen hitting the shot. Yeah. Udonis Haslam came in and played well for him and stuff like that. So you have to have these things happen in order to win, and we just didn't have it. it was, I think it, that was a great learning experience, not only for LeBron, but also Eric Spolstra as well to understand, like, hey, I don't have to just lean on these three. I have other guys, and I could use them because once they get going, it opens it up for them, mm -hmm. for, for mm -hmm. the big three. So I think it was a great learning experience for Spo as well. Did it feel like that first year? Because a lot of it looked like it was you, – you mentioned LeBron and Wade have similar games. So it looked like it was taking turns. LeBron, your turn. You know, D-Wade, your turn. And the other one was just sitting there watching. And they didn't want to step on each other's toes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then they got to the point where, man, if you rock and you rock. Because they're still going to get their, their money anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're still going to get their points, rebounds, and assists. No matter what, those guys go out there, they walk in, and they trip and fall into 15, 16 <laughs> points. You know what I mean? So once they, they understood that once somebody had it going, hey, man, I, I'll let you rock, and then we can start rocking over here, yeah. get it when we can. Um, that that that's the main thing that I, I see that, that that they were able to do is because before they was like, oh, okay, your turn, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, they just know how to play together yet. Yeah, I, you mentioned not winning another title in Boston, eating you up. Your last year in the league was that first year of the big three together in Miami when y'all were playing Dallas. Didn't win it. I thought y'all were. I think most people think y'all were better than them. That must eat you up to this day yeah well losing in the finals that I think about that more often than I think about winning it and that's that sting is more powerful than the joy of actually mm. I won it you know what I mean yeah. like that's the thing because we had that game we was up 15 points with like six minutes left in the in the in the fourth quarter of game two right. and we would have been up 2-0 and then after we they split, we went to Dallas and won the first game. So we up 2-1. And it's just uh, Mike Miller said something funny in the locker room after game two. He was like, this is eerily similar to when the Heat beat Dallas. And when he said that, it was yeah. just like, wow. He's right. <laughs> you know, it's very similar yeah, yeah, to yeah, this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like in control of the whole series, it seems like, then all of a sudden – it's just swept from under your feet. What do you think happened? LeBron just didn't. LeBron didn't show up. You know, what I mean, I and yeah. that's just the real. It's not a knock on him because he always shows up and he carried us down. He just for whatever reason, I don't know what it was. And there was a lot of stuff, to, you know, in the back day. People talking about mm -hmm. his mother with Delonte West and like I, I don't know how true none of any of that is. Or I, but I don't, I don't. 
it didn't affect us as a team, yeah. but I think it could have wore on him. You okay. know what I mean? Okay. I think the whole the whole year uh, being the villain and then this stuff coming, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know where his psyche was at. I mean, I would come up could to him. Could you see? You could see it. Yeah, everybody could. And be like, hold up, man. You, you the motherfucker, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nobody out here better than you. Yeah. We we need you, brother. We need you. Come on, man. You know, and at sometimes it was a, a it wasn't that like I'm here. Sometimes it was a disconnect. And whatever it was, man, he he needed that to learn how to win. I'm just it's just uh, unfortunate that I was on the team that took that L. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when you in his face, you got in his face like, "Yo, we need you." Yeah, the man. but you, like, yeah, but nobody got encouragement. Yeah, you know. What so saying? how Not, do how was he responding? I don't like. Sometimes it was a blank stare. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. he like, yeah, yeah. But then I was feeling inside like, that ain't the real, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like I, I, I believe that for him to move forward and win like he's been winning and going through, because I mean he's on another level now. Oh yeah. I think he had, unfortunate again, I was on that team, but he had to do that. That he, he had to go through that and feel that. Yeah. To feel that sting, to never want to feel that again. When did you realize? Maybe it was training camp, whatever. That he was on a different level from even first the other time superstars. Oh, first time I ever played against him. Against him. Yeah, okay. in, the, in the preseason game, and see how he covered ground in the pick and roll, how quick he was, because he was dominating the basketball all the time. He was running the pick yeah, and roll. Yeah. How he makes passes and stuff. It was just perfect, perfect basketball player. Where you rank him all time? Yeah, he's got, he's up there. I mean, we got Jordan, right? So then. George's in his own category, okay? Right. So then LeBron. All right. I got him second, too. Yeah. Second all time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. But you need that ring. You got that one ring. I got that one. I need that <laughs> other one, man. My other hand. Now, in the 2011 finals, could you sense Dallas sensing that about LeBron, too? No, I could sense Dallas just sensing that the championship was in – they were able – where it was – Oh, it's like nowhere near them to grab, right? Now it's starting to come in their sights. It, you know, almost like a, 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 a lion on the hunt. You've seen a lion how it's crouched down, they're yeah, slow yeah. moving, they're trying to get there, then they boom. That's how they were on us. It was like, hold up, oh yeah, look, we can get this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're going to keep coming. And then, I mean, you got Dirk, oh, two Hall of Famers over there as well. Yeah. JK, you know, yeah. at Sean Marion's over there. Yeah. Karan Butler was over there playing well. Jay Terry came in playing. They were getting it from everywhere. J.J. Barrera, they were getting it from everywhere, from yeah. everywhere. And it's just, it was one of those things, man. And that's why I hate the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they they did that <laughs> in 2011, and then they put us out in the Western Conference Finals um, when I was with Phoenix. And I, I truly believe in my heart, if we were able to beat Dallas when I was with Phoenix, we would have brought a championship to the city of Phoenix. To Phoenix. Because we would have played Miami, and we dogged them. Twi- the two times we played them, the big fellas couldn't play in our game. Yeah, because y'all ran. They so, couldn't, yeah, they couldn't yeah. play in our game. And so they were, we were going to nullify them. Yeah, they would have kept been out on the court, but Steve would have been killing them in pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Shaq wasn't going to be mm-hmm. showing all the way. Shaq going to be sagging off, and you have to show on Steve Nash. Yep. You have to show yep. or you have to trap it and get his get the ball out of his hands. Yep. I mean, that's the only way. Now you're asking the big fellas to ro- do all this extra rotating. See, that they wouldn't have been able to play in that game. Um, I, f- I really truly believe in my heart that if we would have got there, we would have beat Miami. What were um, but we some, some stories, say, about LeBron and D-Wade <clears throat> to kind of illustrate their leadership or their greatness or something when you were a teammate with them? 
I got this one. So we'll get on the plane. <laughs> we'll get on the plane, right? So, you know, after the game over, we'll get on the plane. They got food on us for the yeah, plane. Yeah. And it was some bullshit, right? <laughs> and LeBron came in, and it was funny because I was thinking the same I'm looking, I'm like, what so is it's this? Different, is it different catering? Yeah, you get, yeah, because okay. they from wherever city that is. Okay. So okay. whatever it was, right, it was some dog, it was some straight bull. I'm looking, I'm like, what is this, right? We all, I'm like, okay, so now we just played four-hour game. We got to eat Lay's potato chips because the food is garbage, <laughs> right? So we over there eating chips, and I see LeBron coming. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I said, yeah, you're going to have you a bag of these in a second, right? That's what he walked by. He said, Oh, hell no. LeBron James don't eat no dog food. That was so funny, man. It was so funny. It was so true. But from then on out, though, that's part of the leadership I'm talking about. From then on out, oh, it was on point. The food, food was, was on point. <laughs> you do good impressions, man. Like, is that seriously? Like, you you did, I mean, from from LeBron to uh, Doc Rivers to Hardaway. Do you do that? Like, no, I don't do that. It just, you just I, yeah, I know that that's how they sounded to me. So I'm gonna try it. Who who um on some of your teams, particularly some of your great teams, where any of the teams, are there guys that are class clowns, like guys that are just hilarious? So that's that you. was me. I would, <laughs> that would be me. I think D Way uh, tweeted that one. He was like, funniest teammate ever. Was me really? Yeah, I I would say that I will. I keep them. I keep everything light. You know, what I mean, we about to go play. Let's have fun. This is fun. Basketball is fun. Mm -hmm. Let's have some laughs real quick. Now let's go out there and take care of business. So like with Phoenix, I would get in the middle of the circle and I do some dances, like do something <laughs> to just get everybody loose and laugh, and they would want it every single game. So I had to yeah. come up with some new stuff. Like <laughs> look at the white shoes. Jimmy would tell you about. It. I used to climb. I used to get, man. I used to have a lot of fun. Then like uh, in Miami, that last year, I would come in the locker room. I just start. Anything like I think Mar Mario Chalmers was wearing some Spaldings, right? Some Spaldings yeah, shoes. He played in those yeah. that year. And then uh, the basketball was made of Spaldings, right? <laughs> I went and picked this. Like, we're just gonna pump these up and play with this thing, right? <laughs> Everybody start cracking up. Don't worry about the basketball. We're gonna play with them bum ass shoes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, nah, we I just had like having a lot of fun, man. Like laughing. I mean, we here on this earth, man. We need to just enjoy it, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's what mm -hmm. I like doing, you know, mm -hmm. not too much at the expense of other people, but just. Having a good time. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so you were like the the team clown, you know, joking. Not a everybody. clown. Don't call me Not no a clown. clown. <laughs> but I like the class. That's complimentary. Like the class. Now you know the funny. I was the joker. You, yeah, you yeah. you kept everybody laughing and right, stuff. Kept them loose. In the NBA, especially on that Miami team with LeBron, with Chris Bosh, Wade, they they consider themselves fashion plates. So a lot of guys like to dress. Did you ever get on guys with anything they were wearing? Yeah, well, it would be like. This was in Boston a lot, and it was like everybody would do it. We'll start laying. So what happened is you come in, you see somebody got you about to go out to get your shots up before the game. You look around. First thing you're doing is looking around. In, like, in oh, everybody's in everybody, locker. What they didn't wore today. <laughs> and if you like, oh, this got where's Waldo sweater? Look at this <laughs> over here. Let me go. You'll go grab it, and you'll just lay it on the – and sometimes you mix and match outfits. You see dude's pants was garbage. You put them with the dude's shirt and then somebody's shoes. You'd be like, look at these clowns over here, guys. <laughs> Ugly as hell. Look how they dress. But um, so y'all did that as a team. In oh Boston. yeah, like yeah. I, I started that though. Okay, I was the uh, originator, the innovator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, we would just do that. It's just a lot of fun when you do it, man. It's uh, cause they're out shooting. They have no idea. They come back in and they whole outfit on the floor, and everybody <laughs> just crazy. We can't wait till they get in. So be everybody like lean back, watching, waiting. You know, what I'm mean? acting like we talking to stuff. And as soon as they come in, we looking at them. Oh y'all, some bull. 
then we all just bust up, start cracking up, <laughs> laughing. So it's good times, man. How, good times. how competitive were guys in terms of the way they dressed? Guys were competitive, man. Guys be like, okay, hold on, I'm put, or they'll be like, oh man, you got on that bull today. That's that bull. But they who's think they look good. Yeah, be like, who you, who your tailor? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna erase that number. I definitely don't want that person. You know what I mean? Or like people who have cologne, right? I think I have the best taste in cologne. So somebody spray on something, be like, damn, who got on that giraffe piss? <laughs> <laughs> that elephant slobber, man. Get that <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Now, Miami, and I don't know if this was the year you were there, but, I mean, I remember Chris Bosh coming and stuff, LeBron. Like, they were Wade, of course, sharp dressers, or, you know, they seemed to take a lot of time to figure out what well, they, they were wearing. they have stylists. Yeah, That's the yeah. thing they got. They have stylists, and they, they have uh, people that tell them to put on the clothes. I wouldn't know if they would put that stuff together themselves, but the stylists are telling, hey, throw this on. Yeah, they throw yeah, it on. Yeah, you know, yeah, and they're yeah. making fashion statements. That, that's what they like to do. I'm more casual, uh, your own clean. Thing. I like to be, like, timeless stuff. I don't really wear too too much trendy things. Okay. You know what I mean? Because okay. I want to go back in the closet later and put it on. Yeah, you know, yeah. That thing costs a hundred and some dollars, the, the shirt, you know, $200, $300. I want to wear that. Not just for that year. I want to wear it years yeah, later. You know years. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to wear it forever. Yeah. Did did um did guys like was there anybody on those Heat teams or even the Celtics that didn't even care what they were wearing, and guys would jump on them because they they just wasn't up to snuff. No, because you know some people you just let them go. You just let them live. You know, a lot of times it'd be rookies. They okay. come in and they, they don't you know, know they, they, they don't know how to, know how to get it yeah. going, and they they it it just ain't uh. They don't have the the money yet to yeah, really yeah, get what yeah, they yeah. want to get, so you just let them let them live, man. Were you a gambler on the planes? Yeah, we gambled. We yeah, how, we, tell me so. I know you got we, some stories. Oh, we played Boo Ray, uh, and them pots could get big. So in New York, when I got traded, ooh, they was sweet. Oh, they was so <laughs> sweet. David Lee, Eddie Curry. I'm talking about. I had them up to owing me like thirty, sixty thousand dollars, but I would give them cop outs. I'll give them cop outs if you so. This is what a cop-out is. So we be playing Boo Ray, and the pot get big, and if you get booed, you got to match the pot. So say the pot gets to 10000 right? Okay. Now he got booed. He got 20000 Now we all ante back up. Now the pot is bigger, right? We hit a dude again. You get booed again. Now you owe me like 15000 20000 I'll sit there and tell you, all right, man, cop you out. I have 50% discount. Give me ten now. Or pay right me the now. whole. Or pay me the whole thing, David Lee. Right here, <laughs> Cut a check. On the plane. Yeah, right check. Check. Give me that check. Thank you. Appreciate it. Or boot, do be like, hey, man, when we land, I'll go to the bank and I'll give you that cash. I'd be like, cool. Wow. What was the most you saw a player get in one hand or one game of Blu-ray or something? Uh, it, it, like the biggest, biggest pot had to be like around 40, 40 stacks. 40, yeah. On the plane. On the plane or in the hotel room. You know, we get to shooting dice too. I mean, we we play we gamble anything, man. Any little thing. What else? But what was else? Some of the things. Go high card. They gamble high just, card. Drop the card. High card. Who got the highest card? Just when you get <laughs> any little thing, man. I'm telling you, we gamble on anything. What now? It seems it's not fair. You got a guy like LeBron making 25 million a year, and then you got a guy. But he didn't gamble the really. Okay, so he, but just in general, like. Any player that oh, I mean, yeah. you got a max player versus it's you know like, a minimum. Like when I was player. in New Jersey, you can't beat the bank. Jake Kidd and Vince Carter, 
You cannot beat the bank. They keep you win. Here they come. They're gonna keep it until they can you, go yeah, high as they, they want. They right? They keep going and going and going, and then they can end up winning it back because they that there's no no end to that reserve. Would, would players not making as much not realize it, and, or and just say, "Yo, I'm out," or they just keep keep no, going you, in? No, you. If you lose, you can lose and get up, give up your seat, be like, "I'm done," or you could dig in your pocket and try to play some more. It's all on you. But what you can't do. You can't win and then dip. You can't win. You big. can't do that. No, you that's that's you can't, why, sh- you can't win a big pot and be like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You gotta you gotta sit at the you gotta table. Lose and play. it back, right? No, not lose it or keep winning. <laughs> or eventually be like, man, I'm cool, but you can't take win win a big pot. You gotta give guys an opportunity, at least a chance to get yeah, their money. Yeah. Like we shooting dice, you can't do that just oh, I'm out. I'm 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 up after I just hit y'all for ten stacks. I'm yeah, gone. Yeah. Like, oh what? You won't ever be able to play again. Um, you were a point guard and a two, and I, I remember you, I feel like I remember you more as a two, because you were hitting a lot of big three-pointers and stuff, and at your size, that's difficult to do, to be a two guard at your size. How were you able to do it over 11 years? I'm a basketball player, that's why. I'm not, I'm not, whatever it is, I could get it done out there. Somebody's going to have to guard me, I'm going to have to guard them. I can be effective in many different ways and doesn't necessarily have to be because a point guard is this, right? What does a point guard do? Initiate the offense. Mm-hmm. After he passes that ball, what is he? Then he just like a player. Else, yeah. Exactly. So that's how I look at it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a basketball player and I happen to be able to shoot well and that's going to help these teammates that I have. You know, that's going to space out. They ain't going to be able to help off me. Mm-hmm. And if they do, mm-hmm. bye, yeah. do you um i mean the three-pointers become such a bigger part of the game um do you ever think like man if i was playing now i'd really be getting paid i thought about that before but hey man you can't think like that you drive yourself crazy Uh, you know what i'm saying like it is what it is it's not for me now i have a son coming up maybe it's it's his time maybe it's for him the what what i've done showing my professional playing 11 years in the league maybe that gives him an extra look you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Knowing that I was a, uh, uh, a professional that you could depend on, that you could count on, that showed up to work every day, no matter what, that worked hard, that that was steady. You know what I mean? You could depend. I, that, that's the only reason why you'll play on these good teams. The only reason why these good teams are calling you mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. they feel like, hey, this guy, right? You know, you're they not calling on nobody that they can't depend on. Yeah. You know. Now you you mentioned you got a son in high school. There's been a lot of talk, LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball, and his other two sons. What do you think about his approach with them? It's, you know, the statements that he makes and stuff like that. Listen, I, I don't have a problem with anything that a man does that he feels is the best for him. I think that if he feels it's just the best move for him and his family, then you have to accept that and, hey, that's what he wants to do. That's his choice. That's his decision. Do I have to agree with him? No, I think this is where I disagree. I, I agree with everything that he's been doing. He's has three kids that never get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that went to UCLA, about to go to the league. He's been a father that's been there the whole time, taking care of them. Now, the part that I disagree is that he has the cart in front of the horse. What I mean by that is he's demanding all these shoe deals and yeah. things like this with no leverage right now. And if he allowed his son to come out and ball out, because if Lonzo doesn't come out and ball out, now everybody's going to kill the kid because of what the daddy been doing. And I yeah. think that's the only disservice that he's doing. He could have waited a year, let Lonzo go and do, because Lonzo's going to play well, I expect. Yeah. And 
Let him do what he, now you come out with this stuff and say, hey, let's try to do this. This is what we're trying to do. You don't have to sign a long-term deal when you sign a shoe contract. Yeah, he can right. sign a one-year deal and say, okay, can we, uh, we'll, we'll, after this year, we'll do what we do. And then Lonzo Ball, now you could hit him with all this stuff. But I think he just got a little ahead of himself business-wise. Yeah. And that's it. But as far as a father and wanting to do the best for his kids and, and his family, I have zero problem with all of that. You being a player, if, if you when you were coming up, how would you have responded to, I guess, your dad making comments, he's better than Steph Curry, he going to be dad, the... Dad, you know shut the I mean? f*** up. <laughs> 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 up. Be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't out here guarding him. <laughs> That's how I would have responded like, Dad, chill, him. chill out, chill out, man. Chill, please, 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 please. Just don't do that. No, um, no really, I... I I don't think my father would have done that again, but if he would, I'd be like, hey, man, chill out. Yeah, yeah. Chill out. Relax. It's like, tough out here. Because not only that, I think it's just disrespectful to the game. You know, he hasn't played one NBA minute, and you're already saying that he's better than these guys. That's no problem to, to have that confidence in your son, but don't disrespect the yeah. body of work. You're talking about two-time MVP. Yeah. You know, don't disrespect the body of work. And I think that's that's another thing that, like, I have that I don't agree with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If I was – to not agree with the two things is getting the card in, you know, not allowing his son to play and putting that pressure on him to have to deliver instantly. And it's both ways. He has to deliver for the business side, and he also has to deliver for the basketball side yep. now. Yep. You know, and I don't think players are going to be like, oh, we're going to go at him to shut his dad up. I don't, I don't think that's it at They're all. They're going at you anyway, right. right? Yeah. No matter. Yeah. How good you think Ball will be? I, I played with Jay Kidd, and I, I played with Jay. I got a picture. Look, I'll show you. I played with Jay Kidd when I was in high school. And Jason in summer, yeah, okay. summer league, and he was the best passer. He, and what I mean by that, he's a guy that passes you open, okay. Um, so he'll lead you. He'll put like you somewhere. Yeah, exactly, like a quarterback. You coming off the screen, like, oh, that dude's trail. I'm gonna put it over there to make him have a longer trail. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the type of game that Lonzo has. Look at that picture. So uh, was y'all whipping everybody? Yeah, we was kicking ass, man. <laughs> back to back champs. <laughs> Nah, that's that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. How'd you feel about guys like me talking, you know, when you were a player, guys that get up here and, and critique and stuff like that? Well, I don't – if they know what you're talking about, but if you're up there just tr trying to kill people yeah. and that's all you're trying to do is talk bad about somebody's game and you had never been out there and, and actually done it to know how hard it is. Like, you know, when guys talk about this triple-double, about, you know, Westbrook, he shouldn't be the MVP – I'm like, y'all go to the rec league and play and never got a triple-double. <laughs> you know how hard it is? Right, yeah, right, so he's right. in the league doing it with guys trying to stop him. So I think if, if you're killing guys just for the sake of killing guys, you know, that that's when you have an issue. But mo most of y'all are good, man. Most of y'all are, are very professional, man. Thank you. Yeah. What, what do you – what's something about the league that the average person has no clue about? Just how tough it is or, or whatever. Well, it, the travel. All you see and then the work you put in, you just see the finished product on TV. That's it. You don't see the hours in the summer. You don't see the hours before practice. You don't see the hours after practice. You don't see the time in practice, the weight room, the extra shots. You don't see the travel to where you're playing back-to-back -back Utah. Then you have mm -hmm. to fly to Denver you, or you in Utah. Then you have to fly to Portland or Utah, fly to Texas, get in at 3 in the morning, and then – have to get up at 10 to do a breakfast walkthrough, go to the gym, hoop, then get on a plane and fly all the way to New York, get out there, whatever time you get out yeah. there, have that day off, and then get two more back-to-backs. They don't know the rigors. They just see the, 
the 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 glitter and gold yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, from yeah. from the finished product and the money but it's it's a lot of money that people are making but it's hard work and if it wasn't everybody be doing it well look it's been great yeah for sure man home. some great stories do you want to coach no I, I, I peeped a little of the knowledge you were dropping no i don't want to coach i want to do this what you we're doing yeah okay. i want to be able to talk and go home and go to sleep <laughs> and eat <laughs> my man all right safe travels yep.